Maya and Andrew missed Mommy, and there was no way to hide the harsh and sudden reality that she would never be with us on another picnic, never decorate another Christmas tree, never sip hot cocoa around a campfire, and never cheer during a t-ball game. Never is such a definitive word. Never. It's the stuff death produces. It's hard to breathe within the space created by never. At some point, you have to make a choice. Am I going to live? Or am I going to die? Am I going to find the faith and the courage to pick myself up and try to live again? Or am I going to merely exist? At 41 years of age, I had to ask myself, will I be satisfied spending the rest of my life going through the motions? At least for the moment, going through the motions looked very appealing. Going through the motions, what I refer to as just making an impression, is an easy task. It's like going through life only satisfying the basic minimum requirements. No one questions your motives. Little is expected of you. There really is no great pressure to improve. And most of all, little, if anything, in your life has to change. I was a widower. People felt too much sorrow to hold me accountable. I answered to very few people. Merely existing comforted me. To exist offers the illusion of freedom without any responsibility. Our present culture encourages effortless living, since all that really matters is appearing successful. In a real sense, I was dying a slow death. I had no desire whatsoever to venture beyond the realm of perception. And after a while, perception did not matter. But that's fine in a world that requires little else. Impressionistic living is tolerated with exceptional ease, especially if you understand the power of the visual image. The logic is simple. Ours is a visual world with citizens who delight in those who appear good or gifted or great. Thus, we find it pleasantly acceptable for morality to be replaced by materialism, principle by popularity, or character by convenience. If one can polish an image or dress to create a certain kind of appearance, then success is within reach. Friends, possessions, and surroundings have value inasmuch as they are significant metaphors used in the construction of an image that promises temporal rewards and immediate gratification. As we examine our present landscape, the prevailing wisdom is undeniably clear. You don't have to lose a spouse to merely exist. In fact, you do not even have to encounter difficult times. With pretty friends and the right stuff, you can build the perception of excellence and success. Making a good impression costs little. Best of all, one need not venture through life's difficult waters to seek strength or revelation. After all, who would choose difficulty if it's not required for personal development? I certainly would not, and I'm not alone. A prevailing paradigm in our culture permeates the minds of citizens who see no reason to make a change for the better. It's a refusal to accurately assess, analyze, and adapt to one's present environment. In other words, most of us are in denial. I know I was once. I used to weigh 404 pounds, but I told myself that I was not, in the words of my doctor, morbidly obese. I knew I was simply a big man. I know. Denial. <laughs> the person who weighs 300 pounds is morbidly obese. Now, at half the weight I once was, I see clearly that the issue was not weight. With the help of my physician and best friend, Haywood Robinson, we mapped out a life plan that incorporated a healthy lifestyle as opposed to occasional dieting. In my case, obesity was the result of rebellion brought on by denial. 
The very same denial which threatened my life and obstructed my view of the real issue functions similarly in our culture today. We don't really see a need to change. As long as we're happy, fed, clothed, and most of all appear successful, why would we desire any modification? So why should I do more than the basic minimum required? Following Trina's funeral, I found it more convenient to offer the appearance that everything was fine. I would answer fine to inquiries from family and friends. I taught classes and things were fine with my students, even at the place where death created devastation. I tried to make our home feel fine as friends assisted in everything from helping with carpooling to trimming the Christmas tree. How long could I pull off this act? How long could I convince others and myself that there was really no need to change? I went into a trance. I went through the motions. I choreographed each mediocre step and scripted every predictable response. I could have lived like this forever. What is so despicable about a life like this? What is the big deal? And why should anyone care? If a pastor or priest wishes to exist and coast for a while, what's the great sin? If a coach loses that competitive edge and chooses to go through the motions, what's the great loss? If a college student decides to fake out parents and professors while wasting four years and thousands of dollars, what's the big failure? If the head of a corporation has no compassion for employees, yet wears Armani, drives a Jaguar, and travels between vacation homes while the wages of company workers are frozen, is that such a great travesty? What's so wrong with how we live?